Hey guys, Tony Reed here. Now we all know spring is right around the corner and you're going to need plenty of podcasts on your playlist for those long hours in the field. The one podcast that I'm going to recommend is Farm for Profit. Tanner, Dave, and Corey do a phenomenal job of having a wide range of guests on their show. It might be anyone from a university professor to an estate planner to a marketing analyst. They even have machine repeat on there from time to time. Then once a week, they do a Farm for Fun episode where they sit around and crack a few cold ones and kind of get off the beaten path a little bit. And those guests may come from Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, or even TikTok. It's a great podcast. You got to go check it out. They're on all the major players, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, all of them. You can even go to Google and type in farm, the number four, profit.com and read all about them. They call themselves the mullet of podcast. Go check it out. You won't regret it. That's farm, the number four, profit. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Straightforward Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Reed, alongside Mr. Nick McCormick. Nick, what's been up with you this week? Oh, just uh, trying to endure this cold weather and, and uh, watching these grain markets move up and down a little bit and watching the long lines at the elevator. I hear you there. We've been moving some corn out, and, uh, of course, we hire all of our truck and done, but the lines indicator have just... I mean, they were telling me that they're parking trucks up there in line in places they've never seen them park before. I mean, we're talking three, four-hour lines. This has been going on for weeks now, and I've been noticing on TikTok, you know, it seems like all the guys that I follow on there that are hauling grain are running into the same problems. I mean, there is a lot of grain moving right now. Yes, there and is. It's, it's, you know, that, that's always kind of been, I don't know if you'd call it intriguing or what, you know, so up there, Decatur, Illinois, that's your headquarters of ADM, Tate & Lyle, yep. you know, major processors up there, big-time outfits. And now, you know, I understand there's limitations to everything. I mean, I think ADM's got five corn dumps there. But, you know, I don't, I don't know how many trucks they get a day. I mean, a thousand or yeah. whatever it is. So, I mean, you know, they're, you're always going to have a line there. You know, yeah. don't get me wrong. But, you know, some of these local elevators around here, I wonder why they've never upgraded as the times have changed. You know, I mean, I know stuff costs money, but... It, you know. it costs money. It does make you wonder. You know, if you look at our local local situation, the town you and I grew up next to, in next to whatever, you know, they really didn't change a lot from when we had a seven fifteen until here recently. Yeah, you know, I can bring corn in a lot faster now than I used to be able to. But you know, on a grander scale, you know, you look you look at even into the farm bin industry. Okay, so bins go up every day. And farmers are putting up more bins, and, and local eleva- elevators are fading off a little bit, and you know we're we're storing it on the farm, partially just from a sheer, so we can haul in any time, right? If I, yep. You know, if I got my own bins, I can chill till four in the morning if I really yep. want to, you know. But it, it it's intriguing to me, the things that as a as a farmer, out there, you know, loading my bin, unloading my bin, that I see instantly, that clearly no one in the grain bin industry. Sees, which kind of ties into our other conversation on engineers. How many of those guys do you think have ever scooped a bin out? Yeah. You know, I'll, t- I'll give you a very simple example. When we put up our last bin, told the guys putting it up, hey, want the bolts put in, heads in, you know, the end of the bolt sticking out on the bottom ring. Why would you want to do that? It's like, well, so the shovel doesn't catch the bolt head every, or the, you know, the bolt sticking in every time in the nut. Never thought of that. 
clearly you've never scooped a bin now. You've put up a lot of bins, but yeah. you've never scooped one out. You only scoop up one, scoop out one until you realize that those bolt heads yep. screw you every time. They do. You're right. The guy's like, you know, I've been putting up bins for 40 years. That's a hell of an idea. <laughs> He's like, well, you have to have, you know, rubber washers. I'm like, got them right here. Master car. Got a whole bag full. You use them up. Don't yep. care. They're yours when you're done. Don't care. Well, that's a good idea. You know, it's something as simple as that. Take the floors, for instance. At what point do you say, hmm, you know this bin would be a lot easier to sweep if all the floor ran to the sump. Yeah. So you could sweep any spot instead of chucking it across all the ribs to get it to the one that lines yep. up and trying yep. to shove it through the broom yep. all the way across the 36-foot bin, 48-foot yep. bin, whatever you got. Just little things like that that clearly the guy's designing those. Yeah, I'll spend a lot of time in a grain bin. Not yep. knocking you guys. You're probably really good with a mouse, but you're not very good with a shovel yep. and a broom. And that's the part that I care about. Yeah. Every shovel we got has got the corners knocked off of it. From absolutely. catching bolts on the back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they all do because they catch every time. You know, you know, and stir raiders, I, I realize, are getting used less and less these days. You guys are going to shivers, et cetera, whatever. But do they make a stir raider that actually goes around more than once? Not that I'm aware of, and I tell you what, I am so thankful we have zero stirators on our farm. It's shivers, and that's it. And, I mean, not saying they don't work, because there's guys that are clearly using them, but, God, you want to talk about babysitting and fiddle-fucking around. God, that just scares me to death. You could take the most Christian fellow in the world, give him three stirators to keep working. He's hanging from a rope in the barn by the end of the day. Yeah. Because I haven't seen one that works. Nope. I'll give you a, a simple example on that. So my great uncle built a bin and I had to be in the eighties and we had some trouble with it at some point in time, burns a hole in the track like they always do. Mm-hmm. But the track in bolts from the inside, the braces and the piece that bolts to the bin are separate from the actual track. So you can just unbolt it. We put a bin up three years ago. It's all one piece. So you got to have a guy on the inside of the bin and a guy on the outside of the bin. No kidding. So now if the bin's empty, let's say you need a, you know, 30-foot ladder on the inside, a 30-foot ladder on the outside. Why in God's green earth would you weld all that together when that track could clearly unbolt? And here's a newsflash for them. Let's not try to use a round wheel on a flat track. Maybe put some positive drive to it so it can actually go around. Yeah. Instead of spinning out and burning a hole in the track. There are a thousand ways that you can make that thing move. But we don't use any of them. Yeah. Has, has Sturator technology changed at all well, in the last... Not that I know of, near as I can tell, they will still quit and they still burn a hole in the track. If you look at, go to the Farm Machinery Show, you can't go this year because it got canceled, but next year, go to the National Farm Machinery Show and go to a major manufacturer's booth of grain bins and look at their stirator. It's setting still in their little display. And that's as far as that damn thing will go when you buy it and put it on your farm. It's not moving on your farm either. I realize they've just got it for display purposes, but it ain't going any farther on your farm. Yeah. It's going to stop right where it's at, burn a hole in the track every time. There has got to be a better way yep. to move that grain around. I, I've got a few ideas, but I'm not voiced on here because I'm not giving them away. You guys want to know them, you call me. Maybe I'll sell them to you. Yeah. But there's got to be a way to drive that stirator around the bin. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll guarantee you, our local bin company has made a million dollars working on stirators. <laughs> oh, like I said, if, if you're not suicidal, you will be by the end of the day trying to keep a stirator running. I'm yeah. like, and there's no sense in, you know, the best stirator we've got is the one nobody wants is the Unidrive. It's got five screws on it. They don't go in and out, and they will channel grain if you put too much in, too wet, too fast. Yeah. But otherwise, you're good. You're going to put new belts on every year. As soon as we fill it up the first time, we just put new belts on it, grease it, and yeah. go because you can't get to any of it otherwise. Yeah. And you're good. We put Kevlar belts on it, and it's good. 
It'll go around. It levels off in no time. It's fine. Those ones that move in and out, once they quit, they're not, they channel grain too. Because once it quits, you're hung. Yeah. It's going around the hard spots. It's not going to stir it up either. They can, they can draw you this fancy pattern on their literature. All this things, you know, it looks like a roadmap of Montana Farmer 75 going to yeah. Ohio, this, that, and the other all the way around, 8,000 miles. That thing's going to travel about eight foot and it's going to get stuck. It's going to burn a hole in the track and it's going to be right in front of the door. That's my other pet peeve. If you have a stirrator in a bin, there has to be two doors in the, in the lid. Because if there's not, it's going to stop underneath the first one. And then how do you get in the bin? Yeah. Near as I can tell, you got to find somebody way slimmer than me. Because the, the hole's already half the size right. it ought to be. Right. I don't know who they're building grain bins for. Apparently, there's a, a quartet of circus dwarfs that work on grain bins somewhere. Because you cannot get a full-grown man through the current door. Yeah. $50,000 bin, right? Man, pick your size, whatever. Fifty grand, roughly. You can't get in the door, and you know we're going to seal that door? Hope. Yeah. That's, that's all right. we're using is hope. Yeah. We're just going to hope like hell it seals because we got this little piece of weather stripping. The hinges is kind of bended over. We've got this hokey latch on it. It might stay shut in the winter. Yeah, it's probably not going to. You're probably going to have a bad spot right below it, but eh, yeah. ain't no big deal. If I buy a $50,000 car, I ought to be able to drive that thing 160 yep. mile an hour and the wind blows yep. in. I'm kind of expecting yep. the same thing from a grain That is truly one industry that has not changed mm. i mean there's nothing to change I mean, <laughs> there's got to be something to change though every day somebody puts up a grain bin and every yeah. day the auger that they currently own won't fit underneath the out auger of it because yeah. the foundation isn't high enough yep at some point grain bin engineers raise the spec for that you know what the auger measures it's sitting right over there raise them up you know, yeah. oh, we'll just put this angle head on it. Sure, we cut your capacity by two-thirds. Yeah, exactly. We'll put this angle head on or just dig a hole. You know how handy that hole is in the winter yeah. when it rains and then it freezes and now your auger's stuck down there. Now you need to put a bearing in your swing leg because yep. you can't get underneath there. Your truck auger won't fit to begin with because we've got a giant safety shield the size of Chicago yep. blocking the whole thing. It just infuriates me. Yeah. There's no technology in the green bin industry. All you got to do is walk up to the door, look at the door, hokey as all get out, and the fact that the floor doesn't all meet to the sump, and yeah. you know, this is going to suck. <laughs> yeah. Every and None of those people that are working on in that, anything in that industry have ever swept a grain bin out. Yep. Yeah, you only right. sweep one of them out till you make about 25 changes. Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, it's there's just not, not much new technology no. in the grain bin industry. <laughs> no. I, I mean, literally, if you bought a vacuum for your house, and it could only go north-south, how handy would that be for you? Yeah. But that's what the grain bin industry gives you. Yeah. Yep. North, south, that's all you get. You got one spot where you can go crossways. Other than that, you got to walk to the other end of the house to change the direction of the vacuum. Does that seem like a good idea? No, it's not. It's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. And I don't know if the average American citizen who lives in a city, you know, realizes it's the little shit like that that just... Makes your job ten times harder. You know what no, I mean? I'm sure they don't, and they got their own problems. I mean, I get that, but but it's like some of that stuff can be simplified. I mean, you're you're not talking about scientists of rockets here. I mean, we're not sending a person to the moon. Right. We're talking about getting grain from up here into a hole. Right. I well, mean, that's about as menial task as it, you can get. It used to always piss me off. We built one uh, five bins there, all bought and build them all a year apart there, and I always thought too. Okay. <clears throat> When you first start sweeping a bin out, you start right by the door. Yeah. Because you got to be able to get in the door, right? Yep. But they had the floors running the other way. Yeah. It's like, well, now, damn it, you know for a fact that once this sweep bar goes around, it's going to stop again at the door. Then the bin's going to be yep. cleaned out. And so that's where I'm going to be sweeping all my grain from. But now yep. I'm sweeping it all crossways because you put the floor yep. in the wrong way. 
Right Turn it the other way. Right at the tap. Right at the tap. Run them all to the middle. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that hard a concept to me. No, it's, I don't know. But like you said, guy been building them 40 years and didn't know to put the well, heads on the. You know, we got a staircase on this last bin. Mm-hmm. And it's narrow. I'm not, I mean, it's better than a ladder, but it's not awesome. So I go to the farm show, farm progress show. I look at their bin. It's got this real wide staircase on it. So I asked the guy, hey, this is a, that's got the same brand on it I bought. How come yours is twice as wide as mine? Well, that's a commercial staircase. So near as I can tell, guys that clean out commercial bins are fatter than me. <laughs> yeah. They need a wider staircase. I'm like, well, I'd like to know. He said, well, that's a commercial option. We don't normally sell it to farmers. Well, that would be great information to put in the brochure. That <laughs> yeah. hey, we'll sell you this staircase, but you're not going to be happy with it. Yeah, no kidding. But I'm like, I wasn't looking for the Ford Ranger of staircases. I was looking for the F-350. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. It'd be nice not to have my shoulder rub the bed as I go up. I mean, it's still better than the ladder. I'm not. Not. It is better than that. But then they stop it partway down. It's got hokey braces and stuff. I end up putting some extra ones on it. I'm like, so it's like a staircase you might fall off of. You might not. It's a little better than a ladder. You should probably still wear a helmet. (laughs) (laughs) We must have commercials on ours are Brock bins, but the the staircase is not Brock stair. It's a green as the the brand name. They're nice and wide, sturdy. Ain't had no trouble with them. You must have got the commercial ones. Mine are green as well. And apparently I got the slim and thin petite version. And uh, a full-grown adult does not fit up those. No kidding. Oh, yeah, heck, the ones we got, it's, oh, shoot, they're twice as wide as what I am as a person, at least. I mean, yeah, they, I'll be darned. Well, you got those precision meters growing better corn than I am. You got to go to the top more often. My shoulder rubs them. I mean, I'm a large individual. I'm not saying I'm not. But I would like to have a little more space. I would like to have the option. I didn't I didn't know there was a staircase you can almost use and a staircase you can use. I would have opted for the one you can use. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's you know, something else I want to talk about. I had never thought of this until me and Doug, the Montana Farmer seventy five, was talking. And he brought this up and I had never thought about this before. And so we were talking about how city people you know, don't know shit about where their food comes from, could really care less. They just think it's all in the grocery store and that's the end of it, you know, this, that, and the other. And he brought this up. Have you ever thought about the fact how us as farmers know very little about our own industry? And I'm going to give you a prime example. If I told you today, hey, there's a shit pile of money to be made in cotton this year, fuck it, let's plant cotton. Are you going to know how to grow cotton? No, I'm not. I'm not either. Or sunflowers. No, you're exactly right. Lentils, that's a, that's a very, valid, very valid point. We we don't know a ton about that. I mean, I know what it is. I know the general concept. Pretty much, I know as much about cotton as what a guy in New York City probably knows about raising corn. I know yeah. that this guy planted it. He harvested it in some fashion. Yeah. And that's about the end of it. Yeah. And so I never thought about that until he said that. And... He is right. We've kind of dropped the ball ourselves as we, farmers. I mean, we have. We're 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 very uh, small minded. Well, you know, we kind of. It's very isolated. We yes. pay attention to our own backyard. Yes, and, we pay attention to our own backyard, and we don't worry about so much about what the other guys doing. You know, whereas our predecessors had to grow their own food. Yeah. So they're planting a variety of things in their garden to supply themselves. Whereas now we're kind of. Uh, specialized, if you will, you know, in our in our neck of the woods, it's corn and soybeans, a little bit of wheat. That's what we're good at. That's what we stick to. That's what's most profitable in this area. Otherwise, we'd be doing something else. But you're right. We don't know that much about that as other, other industries. 
you know, from my tractor pulling background, I'm exposed to people from a wide range of, of states. So I know a little bit about some of that stuff, just enough to be dangerous. I couldn't grow it successfully. All I know is about some of that stuff is way more work than corn. I don't want any part of it. Yeah, but, exactly. but, you know, I do know a little bit about it, but not a lot. You're exactly right on that, you know. So we probably need to be better as an industry. And I think social media, you know, TikTok, et cetera, is going to help with that. Yeah. You know, three months ago, I didn't know who Montana 75 was. No. Today, I can call Doug up and he'll explain to me, hey, this is how we do this. This is how yeah. we do that. You know, we we'll, might see him in another week or two. Who knows? Yeah. You know, he, guy drives around all the time. We're liable to see him anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but uh, you know, that, that, that's a very valid point, you know, I we, we need to be a little better about that, you know, and as, as the farming industry in general, you know, I think we struggle explaining to the public just how good their food supply is and how safe it is. And I saw a quote, I think it was from a former ag director the other day, it could be the current one, I don't know. But, you know, he's like, the farming industry is half of 1% of the population in the United States. And he's like, they farm and they raise food so the rest of us don't have to. And I never really thought of those terms. It's like, you know, you're not you're not going to work tomorrow to be a nurse. You're not going to work tomorrow to be whatever your your chosen profession is if you don't have food. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be a gardener first. Yeah. And then you're going to do the rest of the stuff because you're going to make sure your kids eat. Yeah. So, you know, you're not going to work till 10 o'clock because you had to garden in the morning and you got to be home yep. by 5 so that you can do some more gardening to grow your own food. And the average American doesn't have to deal with that now right? because they can go to the grocery store and they can buy it anytime they want. And we're one of the few countries in the world that has that luxury, but we're providing that. But the public doesn't necessarily understand that. And we got to be a little better about, you know, we're all guilty of it, about educating the public on what we do, how we do it, how safe it is, how beneficial it is for them. And how cheap their food actually is. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's there's such a disconnect between the average city person. And it's no fault of their own. I'm not blaming the average city person. Yeah. Why do they care what I'm doing? Right. I only care if about their view of it if they start complaining about it. Yeah. You know, if they're just going to the grocery store and buying it, I don't care. But if they want to complain about how I'm doing it, well, then look at my side of it and try to understand it. You know, I always say that rural people know more about city life than city people know about rural life. But if we go visit the city. They don't ever go to the farm. I remember going to college, talking to a guy one, the first time I was there. He's like, man, look at those stars. And I'm like, yeah, they're fine. Why? He's like, never seen them before. I'm like, what do you mean you've never seen the stars? He's like, well, I've never been outside the city. He's like, in Chicago, you can't see the stars. Mm-hmm. I had never thought about that. That's something I've taken for granted yeah. at that point for 18 years yep. that I could see the stars. But they know that little about the stars. Yeah. They darn sure don't know anything about what I, how I'm growing corn, you know, Take GMOs, for instance, and I don't want to go down the GMO rabbit hole on this episode. We'll save that for another time. But talk to some people from the city about GMOs. They actually think we inject every seed with Roundup. Mm -hmm. They don't know that we spray it on the crop. It's long since gone. It's It's not in the product they're eating. They think they're literally eating Roundup. Yeah. You know, and that's just a small example of it. You know, so how do we educate the public sector on on what we're doing not that they need to know every intricate detail, but they need to be confident in what we're doing. And I think so much of that comes back to, so in today's cancel it out society and 
I want to be mad at somebody's society. It's very easy to pick on industries, right? Mm-hmm. So the average consumer in America, we hate big oil, right? We hate big oil. We hate we hate propane. We hate natural gas. We hate the American farmer. We hate troops. We hate power plants. We don't want any of that stuff. Boy, we don't want any of that. My gosh, we're just going to go to the grocery store. We're going to get our food. We're going to eat organic, and we're going to be super healthy, and we're going to live our lives. But they fail to realize without any of those, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, as far as I'm concerned, people that you know don't like coal, oil, natural gas, walk to work then tomorrow. Prove your point. Stand up. Prove your point. Walk to work. Don't buy food at McDonald's. Don't buy food at the grocery store. Grow your own your own garden. You know how many people starve in about two weeks? Oh, yeah. Pretty much all of them. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to hate on these big industries. You know, I have no problem with oil companies making money. You know why oil companies make money? Because they provide something that I have used all day. Yep. My boots are made from something that was produced by petroleum. My truck drove over to your house by petroleum. All that's petroleum powered. I don't care how you, you can be the greenest person in the world. All those windmills standing out, littering up the United States, they all got oil in those gearboxes. Yep. There's not a single one of them powered by unicorn farts and fairy dust. Yeah. You know, they've all got petroleum in them. And the same thing holds true with farmers. People want to hold farmers, you know, accountable for this and accountable for that. And you shouldn't make any money. You find me another industry. Let's just take the average. Let's just, let's just pick a thousand acre farmer, right? And this thousand acre farmer has, what's he got tied up in equipment and land? Five million dollars? Let's call it five million dollars. Yeah, so yeah. five million dollars, and let's say what, what's an acceptable wage for this for this guy? This guy farms a thousand acres. What's his acceptable wage? Let's let's call it a hundred grand for easy math. So he's got five million dollars tied up in a job that might net him a hundred grand. Might. Crops could go up, crops could go down. He might make two hundred, he might make twenty-five, he might go broke. Mm-hmm. You find me another industry. You know anybody that paid five million dollars to go to college to get their two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year job? Right. I don't know anybody. Anybody. That, there's doctors that didn't have five million dollars wrapped up in their college degree yep. to make quarter of a million dollars, three hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, whatever they're making. Yep. They didn't tie up ten million dollars. And I'm not crying the sad song of the American farmer. Right. But I'm just saying you got to look at it from all aspects, right? So I think we've got to be better about educating them in the fact that yes, a tractor does cost two hundred thousand dollars. So I can produce your dollar fifty Big Mac, mm-hmm. you know, and it, the correlation there is very hard to to explain. Farming doesn't make any sense if you write it in on paper. Right. So you have to grow up in it to know it, to love it, to want it. But we have to bridge the gap a little bit to explain to these people kind of sort of how we're getting from point A to point B, so that they're not starving in the corner. Right. Because they don't want to go back to growing their own food. I right. can assure you of that. Right. Exactly. And how do you, it's like some people are so set in their ways. It's almost like you've got to, I don't know if you'd call it re-educate. You know, one conversation ain't going to change their mind. You're not just going to say, well, hey, this is actually how I do it. No. And they're just going to go home and say, oh, okay, well, I guess I didn't realize that. It, you know, they're they're very removed from what's going on and got their mind made up. They're super removed on so many levels. And it's not really their own fault. They're they have no need to know unless they start complaining about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it brings back, kind of related, you know, Ronald Reagan always made the joke, you know, in Russia you order a car and it takes 10 years to get your car. And, then, and so he asked the guy, well, is it going to be in the morning or in the afternoon? And the guy's like, what does it matter? It's 10 years from now. He's like, well, the plumber's coming in the morning. Yeah. You know, so if you got to grow your own food, well, you're pretty concerned about a lot of things that are happening then. Yeah. Right? You know, you, you need to know all that information. 
Those guys don't have no. They don't have to grow their own food. There's yeah. 300 million people in this country. There's what 200,000 growing the food. The rest of them are just eating. Yeah. Which I'm happy with. The more that eat, the better I am. Yeah. But you can't complain about one thing if you're not willing to put the effort into finding out about the other. Right. You know, I'm not going to complain about the way you air up your tire if I don't know how to air up a tire myself. Right. Right. You know, you might be doing it right. You might be doing it wrong. I don't know unless I figure out how to air up a tire. Yeah. So if you're going to complain about it, find out about it first. And that, and that goes for all for everything. Yeah. As I far as that goes in, in this society, you know, you can complain about a lot of things, but figure, you know, learn a little bit about it before you go complaining about it. And I'm not saying I've never complained about something I know nothing, nothing about. You'll probably hear a little bit of this podcast. You probably heard some things on this podcast. There's an engineer sitting around somewhere going, the grain bin floor is made like this because, you know, yeah. whatever. Then that may be, feel free to DM me and explain it to me why, you're, why you don't yeah. run into the center. I, I'm happy to learn. But food's a pretty important thing. I don't know anybody that eats less than once a day, yeah. you know, or at least they want to. Yeah. You know, so you don't complain about it unless you're willing to dig into the facts and find out about it. What Whatever started the bad rap on the farmers, though? I mean, I see it on TikTok all the time. You know, somebody... And it will be the most innocent random video of a guy literally planting corn and, you know, hey, we're down to 80 acres left and this and that. And he'll have 100 comments and 15 of those will be somebody that just absolutely hates farmers with a passion. It's like, you know, what is the major malfunction here, Private Pile? I think that's that's the nature of the beast on where we're at as as a society. It's easy to... It's easy to poke the big guy. It's easy to poke at things you don't know anything about because you can. Everybody's a badass on the internet. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, I can I can comment on one of your posts and I can be the toughest guy in the world, right? But if we meet face to face with it, I'm like, hey, you know, eh, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. But if you know on the internet, I can type whatever I want because I'm big right. and I'm strong. So I think a little bit of it's that as we move into a digital age, and, and some of it is, is the disconnect has just grown so far. You know, there was a time I'll never forget an ag class or ag uh, teacher at the time, we had, Tony and I had the same one, you know, talked about, he went through, he went around the class and asked how many people's parents actively farmed and then asked what everybody else's parents did. And everybody in the class was tied to farming in some way, shape, or form for the most part. Yeah. They, might, they didn't farm, but they were actively tied to it. Yep. And that has separated a little bit. They don't care. And once again, I think it's just easy to pick, to pick on in, excuse me, to pick on any big industry. So it doesn't matter, like I said, big oil, yeah, big farming, big pharmaceuticals, you know. Everybody's unhappy about some things that big pharmaceuticals are doing. But at the end of the day, they don't mind having Band-Aids and whatever pills they right. need to take. Right. You know, I got no problem with anybody making a profit, but it, it's easy to pick on the big industries, you yep. know. Nobody's picking on the organic candle maker right. that's providing candles for homeless shelters in yeah. a third world country, yeah. even though he might be doing gosh only knows what that yep. pollutes this, does whatever, yep. because he's making three candles a yep. year and you know it's no big deal. Yep. But it's easy to pick on what you see. Right. You know, what it's easy to be mad at what you don't know about right. and, and something that's big. Right. Which I'll never forget it when you're talking about pharmaceuticals. So they're in two thousand and fourteen and I got Lyme disease and I mean, I don't have to tell you the story on that. I mean, it it no. literally almost killed me. And it was in, I think, the fall of 2016 then. By the time we got a diagnosis and went through the whole rigmarole, it was, it was a train wreck. But nonetheless, 
the doctors were going to put me on this very, very powerful medicine. And I was fighting it tooth and nail. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I, I'm not. I'm, I refuse to do it. And so finally, Dad sat me down one day, and he's like, why don't you want to do it? I'm like, man, you know, that medicine, that's not good to be taking that stuff long term. I'm not going to do it. This, that, and the other. And he said, well, let me tell you something. So he was, my dad was talking about his dad, which had been my yeah. grandpa. And he said, well, let me tell you this. He said, I used to kind of think the way you did, but he said, you know, 30 years ago when dad had heart trouble, he said they loaded that guy up on medicine like you wouldn't believe. And he said, I told my, and he was, he told my mom, he said, you know, they're going to kill that man with the medicine they put him on. And my grandpa ended up living another between 35 and 40 years. Yeah. And so dad said, you know, that's what I had to rethink that whole strategy because he said, I looked at it as they were just shoving these pills down his throat and they're going to kill this guy. And actually it, it gave him 35 or 40 years longer to live. Yeah. Cause I mean, he would have been dead. No questions about it, you know? So <clears throat> that's another one when it comes to pharmaceuticals in these companies, you know, yeah, it's so easy to pick on. And, and I guess I even see that from people in the farming community that pick on big pharma the way that city people pick on farmers. So, yeah, I, th I think that just proves the point that it's very easy in today's world to be negative, right? Because negative is popular. Right. You know, you can be super positive, post positive TikTok videos, whatever it is, and that'll get you a few views. To your own, you know, point of, of what you kind of do a little bit, people like the negativity and you, they like the insults. Yeah. You know, that, that's a very small example, but it's on a big scale. Everybody's, you know, a bad mofo on the internet. Yeah. You know, you, it's very easy to type some comment in yeah. how you hate this industry and hate that industry, but you're still using those industries. Yeah. And so you, I think we all need to take a step back and look at it and, and get out of the cancel culture a little bit and be a little more positive and a little less negative, whether it's big pharma, big farming, you know, every thousand acre farmer hates a 2000 acre farmer, every 2000 acre farmer hates a 4,000 acre farmer. Yeah. Not hates them but yeah. you see where i'm going with it or whatever you know it you know a small gas station doesn't like a big gas station and just take a step back live in your world make it the best you can be and quit being quite so negative about every facet of life yeah and and even i guess to the point on the farming is jealousy runs pretty deep you don't ever want to see the neighbor be more successful than you for no. whatever reason and you know we're probably all a little bit guilty of that i I actually have strayed away from a lot of that as I've gotten older. You know, I'm the type, you know, you leave me alone, I leave you alone. If you go out and make $20 million, more power to you. I mean, I, it don't it don't bother me. It, 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 and I'm, I agree. You know, as long as you do it ethically and, and honestly. Ethically, you know. the, the older we get, I'll, I'll take it down to a very small scale for us, Tony. So in our own community here, you're very popular on TikTok, right? On a widespread thing. You're very popular on TikTok. I'm super tickled pink about that for you. Hmm. Not everybody is necessarily has that same view locally. Even people that you and I call friends yeah. might say something somewhat negative behind your back. And some of it's just, you know, in jest or whatever, you yeah. know, because we make fun of each other all the time. Sure. I don't care what you do. You, you can make the sun rise in the West tomorrow. I'm going to make fun of you for it. You can make yeah. it rise in the East. I'm going to make fun of yeah. you for it to a little bit. But why is it? I suppose it happens in the cities. But it's so big and grand that nobody really notices. But on the local level where you know everybody, if somebody is doing something well, we're mad about it. 
Yeah. And why is that? You yeah. know, it, we have to be a lot better about that. So, well, you know, that guy goes to church, but he was driving 56 and a 55 this morning, so he's yeah. no Christian. You know, that person's farming 1,200 acres, and, you know, he's growing 180 bushel corn, and I'm growing, I mean, I'm farming 800 acres, and I'm growing 181. Yeah. You know, well, I'm better than he is. Just live in your own world, and let's help each other. What, let's, I agree. You know, you can lift, you know, 20 guys can lift a barn up and carry it together. Yeah. Take a guy three weeks to build that on his own. Yeah. Just help each other and try to be a little more positive. Be a little more far more maddish, a little more popular yeah. instead of, um, you know, or, you know, positive instead of a, so negative in the world. Yeah. And that's what I got to give, like, the guys at Farm for Profit credit for. You know, they reached out to me and, you know, they said, hey, you're doing this podcast. We want to be your very first sponsor. And to me, that's very unique that another podcast yeah. wants to sponsor my podcast. And that's yeah. a prime example of what you said. You know, instead of tearing each other down, let's build each other up. Let, let's build you each know? other up. Like I said about this whole deal, you know, with you getting popular on TikTok and the podcast and the whole nine yards. If I can help you in any way, shape, or form, that benefits me. My kids are friends with your kids. I'm friends with you. The better you do, the better I do. That's right. You know, I read something years ago that, you know, you're going to be as successful as your five closest friends, right? Yep. So if your five closest friends are drug using dirt bags, you're probably going to end up being the sixth. Yeah. If your five closest friends are multi-billionaires, you're probably going to be yeah. fine. Yep. You know, so let's help each other out, build each other up, and quit being, you know, these, these uh, the farming TBI dad videos here lately have really hit home to me because, you know, you hear about some of that stuff and you, you know what's happening. But to see it every day when he posts one of those, it's like, yeah, I know that happened. I know that happened. Yep. I heard about that. I know a guy that did that. And it's like, why do we have to be that way? Let's, let's you know, many hands make light work. Let's yeah. lift each other up and try to be better about it. Yeah, I agree. And I and I told my, you know, farming TBI dad anymore, and I don't remember, I told him this in private or if it was in one of his lives one night, that anymore I just call spade a spade. On guys that want right. to act like that, it don't bother me yeah. in the least. I tell them right to their face exactly what I think, and I go home and sleep like a baby, you know. You're you're digging your own grave on that deal, so if you wanna if you wanna be that way, that's fine. It's a free country. You're more than welcome to do that. But when you have to hire pallbearers at your own funeral, yeah, you know you Car- caused it. Karma always comes back around. Yep. Let's just try to be better about lifting each other up instead of tearing each other down. Yeah, I agree. And I and you know and I I think the vast majority of people on TikTok, you know, know that the way that I talk and treat my followers oh, is absolutely you know is, is a lot of satire in that you oh, know for sure for and, sure but you, you see that as my example of exactly you know people are drawn to that right. versus positivity yeah you know and i'm not knocking you for that by any means because i laugh about it every time and i think the same thing we've been doing this since we were in kindergarten yeah, exactly <laughs> and, we, we've been making those same comments for years yeah. you know it, it just now it's you know, yeah, it's on a bigger scale. Yeah, it's yeah. on a bigger scale to, to a broader audience. But but uh, I think we need to be a little bit better at being positive. But uh, but you are right. I mean, you know, even people at the local level, they just they don't ever want to see the the next guy succeed. And and maybe that's more locally here where we live. I, I don't know. Uh, no, nah, I think it's everywhere from what I've seen. You know, like I said, I, I I end up in a fairly large scale of the Midwest just through tractor pulling and whatnot. I know a lot of people. You know. In a variety of locations, and I, I think it's everywhere. You know, it's it's very easy to cheerlead for someone to fail. You know, if you're succeeding, three people will show up to watch it. But if yeah. you're going down, yeah, you know, 
Let's face it, the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend. I know you're a sports guy, and I, I don't follow football any, that much more anyway. Half those people are there to watch Tom Brady win, and half of them are there. See, see I told you he wasn't that good, yep. and he's too old, and he's going to fail. Yeah. You know, and they're going to cheerlead a lot harder than the guys that are there to see him win. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's funny how that works, and I, I don't know. It's And I guess, you know, maybe times change with the age. I mean, I've never asked Dad if it was that way when he was – our age or not. Honestly, yeah. I think they're so busy just making a living and feeding themselves that they didn't have time for the rest of it. Yeah. And back then, like we talked in a previous podcast, you actually did work with your neighbors. You did yeah. want the guy to succeed because you were counting on him. You were buying your feeder pigs from him or you somehow yeah. worked together in some way, shape or form. One neighbor had a corn picker. You had a wagon. Yeah. The other neighbor had a tractor. Not everybody had everything. So yeah. you all had to work together. You, you were almost in a bind if he went down yeah. because it's like, God damn, who's going to pick my corn now? Well, you know, my mother and I just talked about this the other day. You know, when, when she was a little girl or, you know, not little, but, you know, adolescent, whatever, teenager, whatever, your whole social scene revolved around church, your church family. Yeah. You know, you did this with them. You did that with them. You helped them do this. You know, they come over and help you cut up a pig. You went over and helped them can, you know. And as we become more self-sufficient, it's very easy to sit back with with uh, rose-colored glasses and be like, that guy's doing it wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to go over and help him and show him how he's doing it wrong or help him out and show him how to do it right. I'm just going to sit back here and laugh. Yeah. You know, and that's it's terrible to say, but you see it on every scale of, of the world today. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter if you're putting in windshields or if you're, you know, growing corn, yeah. if you're getting oil out of the ground, it, it's in every industry and it. You know, it's very easy to, to go down that path, but we should be better about it. And I think you almost set yourself up men, mentally for that. So take, for example, anytime there's a land auction, you feel like it should bring $6,000 an acre, yeah. but it brings 8500 And the first thing you're going to say is the guy that bought it, he'll go broke. I yeah. mean, you know, what yeah. the hell's that guy I, thinking? I'll never pay for it. I had to I bought it six to yeah. that guy outbid me. Yeah. 18 more times. I quit bidding at six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we cleared up. And, you know, and, yeah. and 15 years after the fact, the guy's still rolling along, didn't yeah. phase him in the least, you know, so yeah. it, it's, it's easy to get that mentality of negativity, I guess, because you didn't end up with what you thought you should have. Or... Sour grapes are way easier to find than the good ones. Yeah, you know? they are. And that's, like I said, it, it's in every facet of our life, and we need to be a little better about it, you know. You show up with a new pickup truck at, at my house, and I'm like, it must be nice. Yeah. You know, I don't count the 4,000 hours of overtime you put in and the, the fact that you did this or you did that or you didn't buy this or you didn't buy that. I'm just, oh, Tony's got a new pickup. Yeah. You know. I'm not saying you got him to pick up, but you know what I'm going on this. You know, same thing's true of me. It's like, well, he's got this and he's got that. Well, that must be yeah. nice. Well, there's a lot of things that go into that, yeah. you know, and, and you gotta you got to factor all those things in. Instead of judging so quick, right. it'll be a little bit better. Yeah, no. It would be no different if you were driving down the road right here just south of my house in the middle of nowhere, and you come up on a car with, you know, New York plates on it, and they're parked halfway in the middle of the road, and they're out taking pictures of a corn crop, you're going to be like, these dumbass cities, I get so sick of this. Yeah. You know, it's an inconvenience. Rather than stop and, you know, and say, you know, hey, you guys ain't from around here, you know, what are you doing? You yeah. know, what's going on? Try to teach them something about what they're taking pictures of. Yeah. It's just like, ah, screw you guys, you'll get out of my way, you know. And yeah. and once again, that's where we've dropped the ball. As farmers, maybe if you would reach out to them people and... 
Try to, and truth be told, they're probably local. Their car's yeah. in a shop. They went yeah, to Enterprise and exactly. rented one, and they own yeah. the ground. And they, you know, maybe yeah. not farm, but they own the ground. They want to take a picture of it. They're getting, yeah. you know, family pictures with their kids. Yeah. And you're like, got blocking a road. Yep. You know. Yeah. So yeah, we I we all need to do better. There's no doubt, and I'm as guilty as anybody. I, I mean, I truly am. It, oh, me know, too. It, I'm not saying I'm exclusive. You know, that I'm excluding myself on this because I I for sure do it. You know, my wife would tell you I'm not the most positive person in the world, and I get that pretty honest. But you know, you, you try to you hope better for yourself at some level, or you want you want to want better for yourself and and for others. And we need to be a little more diligent about that. Yeah. What I mean, what do you think is the best way to start educating city people? Which I you know I see it in the Farm Bureau paper a couple times a year. This they have this. I don't remember if they call it ag in the classroom or. No, it ain't that. Basically, they'll take Illinois state representatives from Chicago, you know, the city, the true city people that are state representatives, and they will bring them to downstate Illinois and show them around a farm for a day or two. And, you know, I I don't know if, I mean, that's, I don't know that that's even doing any good there either. You know, some of these people are so set in their ways. and And another thing is, You've all, you've almost got to be a salesman on some of that stuff, and you know how politicians are they they tiptoe around st- you know bring them bastards to my farm you know I'm gonna yeah. lay the law down and tell them how it is I'm not gonna tiptoe around I don't give a shit about being politically correct and well we think we should do it this way and we can do better and we're really wanting to transition to cover crop you know I'll tell them right up front I'm not doing cover crops and I'm not fucking interested in it and, you, you know it, you know I think the whole world at the end of the day comes down to perception and marketing right so. Are Air Jordans better than whatever other shoe there is? I don't wear either one, but let's, you know, that's an easy target to pick because Jordan's been popular sure. through my whole childhood, adult life even. I think he still outsells anybody that's currently in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But that's all marketing. Right. Right? You know, you can argue any company, pick your industry, why are they successful? Well, it comes down to, to their sales pitch on it, right? Yeah. You know, we have to find a way to sales pitch ourselves, I'll never forget, and this has been years and years and years and years ago, and, and you know the guy, I won't mention the name now, he's, he's, he's passed away, but there were some, I believe they were Japanese, people had come over to farm tour, and they showed him a grain full of, or a bin full of grain, and the guy's like, that's what corn looks like? And he's like, yeah, he's like, it's not what it looks like when it gets to our place. What do you mean? He's like, well, it's full of rocks and this, that, and the other. And I don't know if they throw that on the barge to fill in or the, or whatever, but it's like, you know, something as small as that ends up being a huge issue by the time it gets there. And that's a whole other rabbit hole to go down. And I don't know if that actually happens, but clearly this guy did not think that the number two yellow corn that this local farmer had in his grain bin was what he was purchasing on his end. Is that you know, right? 5,000 miles away or whatever yeah. it is. So, how do we explain to them that, hey, that wasn't us. Yeah. You know, that was somebody between here and there, and, and that's on a, on a broad scale. But to far as educate the people, you know, the ag in the classroom thing is great. Showing politicians something is a complete waste of time. To me, it is. It, there's no reason to show a politician anything other than a hallway and a gallows, and you pick which one path you want to go down. Yeah. You can either do the right or you can do the wrong. Yeah. And there's your option. Right. But... Uh, as far as educating the American public on that, I think it's baby steps. You know, 
Just something as simple as labeling, right? So I go to the grocery store and I'm going to buy orange juice today. And there's non-GMO orange juice. There isn't GMO orange juice. Yeah. But I can buy non-GMO orange juice even though every yeah. gallon of orange juice in that thing is non-GMO. But we've got this negative connotation to GMOs. So how do we explain to the average consumer that there's no such thing as GMO orange juice? Yeah. To my knowledge, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there is. Not know, that I know. I'm dying for Roundup tomatoes. That make my garden yeah. 10 times easier because I love tomatoes. I love tomato juice. I love chili soup all yep. winter long. So I grow a lot of tomatoes. If I could spray Roundup on that shit and be done with it for the year, that'd be great. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm dying for them to, to do that. Yep, so same with flowers. I would love to have Roundup ready flowers yes. for your flower beds. Yeah. Hose yes. are down. Hose are down. Go on. Yep. Hats off to the inventor of Roundup. It's a great product. So I, I don't understand. Well, I mean, I do understand it to a certain degree. But as far as educating people on that, I, I mean, it's baby steps. It, it, you know, it's as simple as, as getting the labeling fixed on that. Getting the labeling fixed on beef. I don't want to eat beef from Timbuktu. I want, and the only beef that should be sold in the United States, pork, whatever, is raised right here. Yeah. You know, fix the labeling. Small baby steps on educating them, explaining to them. There's plenty of cows to be eaten in the United States. There's no reason to ship cows in from God knows wherever. We've got plenty of them here. So, you know, we take those small baby steps. We explain to the public a little bit about what we're doing. You know, we don't, they don't need to necessarily know that you greased your planter at 5 yeah. o'clock in the morning. Sure. That's inconsequential. They don't need to know that. But they do need to know that you're providing the best product that you can provide, the most cost-effective way you can provide it, so that they're in, so they're in their grocery bill is as cheap as it can be. Yeah. You know, yep. that their cart full of groceries is $200, and it could be 500 if you did it this way. Yeah. But you've kept it at 200 because you did it this way. Yep. And that... That correlation can be made, but it's going to be through small baby steps. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and I don't know where you start. I don't know who leads the charge. I I just, I don't I don't know. Yeah. You know, some of that always irritates me. Okay, we've got these soybean checkoffs and this corn checkoff and this, that, and the other. And I'm not picking on those people. I'm sure they're doing good things with those dollars, maybe. But there should be some education there somewhere to the consumer yeah. that, hey, here's what they're doing, here's why they're doing it, and here's what you're getting. Right. We can go down these other paths, right. but here's where you're going to get. Yeah, because you know? to me, it's stupid when you go into a first grade class and you give them a bunch of ink pens and you say, oh, this pen was made out of soybean oil. Well, that first grader would give a shit about that. No, they don't care. You know, it, yeah, and, and to me, they're, uh, I do get the whole fact of, you know, you know, take Hitler, for example, when you indoctrinate the youth. I, I get when when you're trying to teach them when they're little kids. You, mm-hmm. It's easier to teach them versus a 40-year-old. But at the same token, you know, if we're going to take baby steps, why not start in the middle? Start with kids in high school yeah. and see how they deal with it and, and branch out from there. You know, it, a first grader don't give a shit about where your yeah. meal comes from. That's the last thing on your mind. No, but so you mentioned high school kids. Okay. So when we were kids, I think it was still Future Farmers of America for a brief time, mm-hmm. I think. Then it got switched to FFA because, well, farming has a negative connotation. Yeah. They much like a Dodge pickup today. You can't buy a Dodge pickup. You can buy a Ram. Yeah. Because a Ram has a better connotation than Dodge, right? Because yeah. people are, oh, they're iffy about Dodge. It says to shy away from avoiding the dictionary. Yeah. They're going to buy a Ram. How do you how do you stop stupid shit like that from happening and, and solve it? And, I, and, you know, it can be called FFA. I don't care what it's called. It's a great program. It's a great it's a great deal all the way through. Love my FFA teacher. God rest his soul. He's a great guy. 
taught me a lot. All these little arrows on my paper here today are from him. That's how he taught me to do it. But you got to start, you're right, we should start in the middle and work our way backwards to both sides. Teach the youth something about it and just casually plant it in the adult's ear of here's why we're doing it, here's how we're doing it, and here's the net result of it, the fact that your cheeseburger is not $19. Yeah. You know, otherwise, you want us to do it all organically? That's fine. Next time you go to McDonald's, your bill's $45 for you. Yeah. You, are you cool with that? Yeah. Or would you rather have the 318 double cheeseburger meal like we had when we were kids? Yeah. And uh, eat the commercially produced beef. Yeah. You know? I can I can build the Cadillac of, of cattle farms for this, for this little cow. And I can make it all well, great, climate controlled. He can have the best little life he can ever have. But it's going to cost you $45 a cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. Take your pick. Yeah. Yeah, I... I don't know. It's it's going to be tough because man, it's it's almost like the country as a whole. Once it gets so far gone, it's it's hard to dig back out of that. Well, hole. you know, in America, we're very fortunate to, as a population to not to really want for anything. Right. So we don't want for a lot in this country. I mean, yes, individually, I want this. You want that. We need some stuff. We have our struggles. But as a population, we don't right. want for a lot. Right. So once you don't want for a lot, it's hard to appreciate anything. It is. Right? You know, if, if I drop off three hot meals to your house every day, and I park a brand new pickup truck in your house, at your driveway every six months, and I fill your tank up with gas every other week, this, that, and the other, eventually you quit caring about those items, right? Because right. they're just there. Exactly. You know, so if I can go to the grocery store twice a month, and I can buy my groceries for X percentage of my salary, wage, whatever, whoever I am, on a, you know, if I'm Bill Gates down to, to, you know, somebody way lower than him, which is pretty much the rest of us, okay, I've got groceries I can eat, I'm going on. So you, you start to not appreciate those factors, and I think it's very hard to, to turn a corner and start to, to appreciate all that stuff if it's so easily to get, you know, if tomorrow yeah. I told you, hey, Tony, your tank of gas is in your truck, that's all you got for a month. Yeah. Well, you're probably not driving over to see me just to say, yeah. hey, how yeah. are you? You right. know, and we're very fortunate in this country, we're not in that circumstance. But there's a lot of places in the world that are. Right. And the bad part, too, is once you get powerful organizations with money behind it, they can spin it any yeah. way they want then and outrule or outnumber the American farmer, you yes. know, it, I, you know, that environmental working group. I, I have no idea what that group does, what they're about, nothing. But, you know, they're the one that started a big farm subsidy database where mm-hmm. everybody can go and look it up. So that tells me right there they got to burr up their ass for farmers over something. Yeah, I don't know something. don't know what it is. But so, you know, you get groups like that. You know, and I was always told, like, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, when that very first started, the woman who started that, her son, I think yep. it was, got killed in a, by a drunk driver. And she wholeheartedly believed in that deal 100% started that group. And within about 10 years, it had grown so much, they basically kicked her clear out of the group and had these big high-rise office buildings, you know, guys making $2 million a year salaries. And she's not even affiliated with it anymore. And and that's where it took the wrong turn. You know, then it went from just not only drunk driving, but all this other propaganda that goes along with it. Because eventually somebody starts getting a dollar in their pocket. And it's like, well, we could do this. We could do that. Yeah. It starts to spiral out of control. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very easy to see. Yeah. And, and, you know, 
it's just like all the farm magazines that come. You know, them companies pay big money to put that shit in them magazines, you know. that And that skews a lot of, of opinions, you know, yes. going forward. You know, if you pick up the farm magazine every month and it's cover to cover of, you know, what, let's just take cover crops because that's easy to pick on. Yep. Eventually, you're going to probably consider doing it because you're reading these stories that, you well, know, it's... Back to the farm subsidy thing. Okay, yeah, I can go and look up and see what, who got what and where. Can I go up and see what, uh, who got windmill subsidies? Right. Can I go see what politician got paid off for this, that, and the other? Yeah. Because they're, you know, they're making 170 some thousand dollars a year in Congress, but they come out multimillionaires. Can yeah. I see who's subsidizing them? No, yeah. there's not a website for that. Exactly. There should be. Yeah. But there's not. Yeah. You know, so it's very easy to to jump on a train if it's already growing down the tracks. Yeah. You know, you don't have to build the tracks for it. Yeah. And they act like, you know, farmers are the only group in America that gets subsidized for anything. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a joke. I, I don't know. A lot of them groups, they're, they're, they're powerful and dangerous. Well, the, ro- the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yep, you're right. You know, and you see a lot of things started for a good cause, and then, then it ends up spiraling out of control. Yeah, that I would agree with. And, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know where it'll ever stop or how we'll ever, ever change it. And, and I'm as guilty as anybody. I'm not as proactive as I should be. I mean, I don't, you know, I guess, yeah, I've got my YouTube channel, but I, I don't focus the, the YouTube content on necessarily educating people. It's just, this is what I do. And I try to answer questions if people have them, but I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I should be different. I I can't think of the guy's name, but there's a a guy I watch from time to time that raises cattle. You know, and he gets a lot of, you know, you should be doing it this way. You should be doing it that way. You should be organic this or grass-fed that. And he, he's pretty diligent about going through the questions and, and going along with it. And we all probably should be better about that. But how do we explain to those people that if you want all that, that's great. Just don't order a steak when you go to the restaurant next time. You're, yeah. you're going to end up eating, yeah. you know, well, you're not, not a whole lot of anything. Yeah. You know, just... Just plan on being hungry when you leave, because if you want to do it your way, well, there's not going to be enough food for everybody. That's right. So we're doing it the most economical way we can do it. Yep. You know, not not saying that makes it 100% right. The end doesn't always justify the means. But if there's a better way, a more efficient way, a more profitable way, a more sustainable way, a more healthier way, we'd be doing it that way. Yeah, I would agree. Yep. But explaining that to everybody is, is difficult. It is. Yep. Well, folks, we're going to have to wrap it up for this episode. We probably went a little too long here, but that's all right. Nobody's watching the clock. We're just sitting around drinking beer. So thanks to all you guys who've been tuning into this. Thanks to Nick McCormick for joining me on these episodes. And we will catch you guys next time. Take it easy, guys.